Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break Podcast, your daily roundup of the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, September 5th, and I am your host, Max Rothman. And I want to quickly apologize for leaving Gruskin solo uh, on Monday. I was in Las Vegas uh, for Labor Day weekend, unfortunately. Uh, you know, not a place that I wanted to go back to for my fourth time this year, but uh, nonetheless, I was there. And I uh, had a little accident, got uh, hit by a golf cart by one of my good buddies, so uh, ended up in the uh, urgent care and in, in the hospital uh, late Monday night uh, and had to go get an x-rayed. Luckily, we're, we're all clear, but uh, Kale, I know you're, you're on here today with me. Unfortunately, there's going to be no paddle and, and no tennis for uh, a couple weeks, um, but before I, I get too much further, this is the first I'm hearing of this. Are you serious? You got I'm, hit by a golf cart? How? How? Please explain in what and how did you get hit by a golf cart? Was it on the golf course or was it uh, on, yeah. the, on the strip or was it at a pool party? Yeah, or was it at a, a nightclub? A pool or was party it in the middle of the casino. <laughs> what happened? Please give us some more details, dude. Come on. I w- I wish there was a good story. Um, I pretty much was standing behind my golf cart and my buddy was playing the the good old classic game of let's try and get as close <laughs> close to my friend as possible going in a golf cart and hit the uh, brakes at the last second uh, and just you know freak him out uh, knowing damn well that the brakes on these golf carts did not work very well so um, yeah my, my foot was up against my golf cart and imagine just like a you know a stick between two colliding carts that's what my leg was so uh, I'll, I'll send you a nice little picture afterwards of, of my beautiful looking leg and ankle. It's not pretty. Wow. So it was like one of those YouTube videos where people sneak up behind their friends and ram them with the golf cart. See, that's what everyone thinks. And that's what it would have been if I wasn't stuck behind my cart. Like if there was momentum moving me forward, I would have been great. I would have laughed. We would have had a great time. I would have finished the round. I was, I had six pars before that. Uh, but oh, no, no, you wasted, you wasted a Vegas golf trip money on on an injury. How? Oh my goodness gracious! Do you mind <laughs> oh. telling us how much the course cost to play? <laughs> no, no, it, it 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 wasn't too bad, but it was at the beginning Last time of I my trip. In Vegas, I think it was four hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> well, luckily wait. I didn't pay for it. It was for my me and my friend's twenty uh, first birthday. Well, we we were on a, a course that was about a quarter of that, so uh, not not too harsh there. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't good. I pushed through the weekend, uh, just like a lot of these players are pushing through the brutal humidity of the U.S. Open. Yes, that is my transition into our tennis talk. Although it was 105 degrees in Vegas, so I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say I was struggling just as much as those guys, but. Uh, I didn't even get the chance to introduce you, Kale, my co-host for tonight. Everyone, you know who this is. This is Tennis Channel's best, Kale Hammond. Welcome back, man. Thanks for joining me. 
I just want to thank you for having me because this this hot seat is getting harder and harder to come by, you know, with the <laughs> increased popularity of your site. So I just want to thank you so much for having me here. Absolutely. It's it's always a blast. But uh we, we do have some awesome tennis to talk about, and I, I don't want to think about my ankle any further because it hurts enough as it is, but uh, let, let's let's get right into this tennis that we got going on. I want to first give you a chance to, to kind of talk about uh, some of the matches from the other day. Real quick, I just kind of want to hear your, your brief thoughts because uh, you know we, we don't get to have you on here quite enough. This, the the Fed Dimitrov and the Vavrinka Medvedev, I want to give you a shot clock minute for each. Um, actually, let's let's give you 30 seconds for each. We're going to give you one minute on the dot for both. Uh, Westoff, cue the clock. Kale, go for it. All right, one minute. So let's start with the Stan Daniil match. I don't know if you saw this, but it oh, was I reported it. that Stan was, yeah, Stan was feeling sick after his victory over Djokovic, and that the morning after that match, he's, you know, he canceled his press with the Swiss media. And anytime a guy like Stan is a superstar, you know, and if if a, if a superstar is canceling their own country's press conference, then you know they're not feeling really well because usually they'll go above and beyond to you know give give their home crowd you know what they're looking for. But yeah. Look, Medvedev, I don't understand how he's still standing. I don't understand how he's still hitting the ball as hard as he is. The guy has played more tennis than anyone in the summer. I don't understand the level of this guy's physical fitness and, most importantly, confidence right now is pretty special. And we were all waiting for this to happen. And he's the first, you know, next-gen guy to really – well, I guess Tsitsipas made semis too. But it looks like, you know, final Masters 1000, win a Masters 1000, final the City Open, and now you're in the semis of the U.S. Open, and you beat Stan in that manner. Even if he's sick, he's still a big match player, and it's just, it's, I couldn't be more impressed. The guy's, the guy's a stud. Absolutely. That, that was a full minute, but I'm going to give you one more full minute for, for Fed Dimitrov. Go. All right, full minute for Fed Dimitrov. First of all, I want to just want to say that I haven't seen Grigor Dimitrov move like this in a long time. <laughs> the level that he was moving at, and the in his you know the speed that he was covering the court with, and the shot making, his uh, defensive ability, how well he defended Federer's best shots, you know, with spectacular gets and brilliant shot making throughout. I can't believe how fast he was. The guy. It reminded me of you know that that uh, when the Spurs beat the Heat in the NBA Finals when Kawhi Leonard was the better was the best athlete on the floor and you know he was beasting LeBron James. It was like okay wow there's a guy that is you know for this particular point in time this match is a more spectacular athlete and that's what it was. He won that match with his athleticism and nothing else. I couldn't agree with you more, and I can always count on you and and Gruskin at times to bring in uh, a beautiful basketball reference. So thank you again for that. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. You know, I do want to say one thing. What is the U.S. Open doing? Putting the roof on in the middle of the night and creating a freaking sauna for these players. Yeah. These guys are drenched and they're exhausted. Get some freaking climate control 
and pump the AC. If you put the roof on, it's your it's indoor tennis at that point. It's your responsibility to make it indoor tennis. It's I don't find it acceptable that you're giving players portable air conditioning units like a college dorm room so they can cool down while they have an ice towel over their neck when it's only 75 degrees outside. Get it together. You just cost us Federer and Nadal because because of that ridiculousness. I mean, Nadal was was borderline cramping at the end of the match. These guys were spent, and it was a three-set match. This is these playing conditions at night at the U.S. Open. What is going on? Yeah, I mean, granted, it is you know apparently very humid there, no matter what. Um, but but it's uh, seventy-five degrees. Right. I, I mean, I, I, look, I, the the roof is clearly creating some sort of uh, like heat bubble in a way and and agreed you're gonna build a 10 million dollar roof and not be able to you know put in some good ac and climate control it's it's absolutely ridiculous i mean you're right we saw nadal with his you know right forearm cramping uh we saw andreescu asking for water between points i mean she literally had the ball boys holding the balls the towel and the water midpoint or between points so that she could hydrate uh, which I'm not even. I didn't even know that was allowed. I wasn't sure that. that oh, was. that's yeah. That's allowed. That's allowed. You can do yeah. whatever you want in between points. You yeah, can walk interesting. Walk up to this bench every time in between points, as long as you do it in the lot of time. Yeah, the new the new shot clock rule. So, uh, but yeah, you're you're right. I mean, it, it's funny too. There was a you know a tweet that I saw. Apparently, some fan bid like th- some ridiculous amount of money on the finals. Maybe like thirty five thousand dollars per seat. Um, you know, anticipating a Federer Nadal final after Fed was you know up uh, you know two sets to one against Dimitrov. So uh, yeah, I think it's crazy that they aren't able to figure that out and that it's that hot in there. I mean, Nadal Nadal sweats, but and Berrettini sweats, but they were in pools. They were literally in pools after those. It's not. In, it's it's those not matches. the Australian Open. You know what I'm saying? It's not. It's not. It's not a <laughs> we're four we're in Flushing Meadows. Exactly. It's 75 degrees outside. It's not 100. The heat The heat rule is not an effect. So why are these players almost unable to play because it's so unplayable? That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. They, they will definitely uh, get some complaints and they'll have to figure out something to do about next year. Was it year. raining tonight? They were. It, it was supposed to. Um, so, so that's I know. why the roof was on? Yeah. Yep. Unfortunately. <sighs> all right. Well, I guess we should talk about some some tennis. Yep. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com probably should get into it a little bit so let's let's do that let's talk about the women's side first uh, i did just mention that andreescu uh you know with the, the interesting grabbing water between points uh seemed to work because she was able to pull out a win today three six six two six three against mertens and i am in love with andreescu's backhand it just after watching it this match she was moving mertens all around the court with that thing just she puts all of her body into the into it, especially on those down the line ones. Uh, I was just absolutely in love with her down the line backhand. But 
more importantly, just the the way she was able to kind of readjust after that first set. That first set, Mertens really controlling the pace, the points. She really had a good rhythm. Uh, and then Andreescu started to, to change things up, come to the net, hit some drop shots and whatnot. Um, I know you're a huge Andreescu fan, so I, I want to, you know, give you give you the rope from here. What did you think of her in this match? I mean, I, first of all, I started the Bianca Andreescu fan club. <laughs> second of all, she doesn't know how to lose. She doesn't know how to lose. I yeah. have. Have you ever seen her lose a match? <laughs> Not recently. I've, have you ever seen her lose a match? Did you knew? Who, did you know who she was before she lost to Sofia Cannon in Acapulco in February? Did you know who she was? <laughs> that was such a good, quick stat. Uh, no, I didn't. No. So you've never seen her lose a match either. I've never seen her lose a match. I don't know what to say. She doesn't know how to lose. She's unbelievable. She loses the first set 6-3, and at no point do you think, oh, this match is in doubt. She's still confident. She's still you know, doing her thing. She gets up in early breaks, wins the second set 6-2, wins the third set 6-3, game over. Not for a second was this match in doubt. It's unbelievable. I mean, the confidence level that she's playing at and her ability to play the clutch points well is, is incredible. Not to name drop, but I played tennis with Steve Nash the other day, and we <laughs> talked about Andre Eskew, and he watched her match. He's a huge Andre Eskew fan. He's a, he's a recent convert, and he gave her a nice little shout-out on Twitter today. I don't know if you saw that. I'm sure you did. I did. I actually didn't see that. That's awesome. She reposted it. Yeah, she reposted a shout-out, and she said, I'm that more pumped to win now. But we were discussing her game, and the thing that stuck out to him most was her ability on the big points to play fearless to play safe, to play confident, and to go for it. And, you know, be the aggressor and go for the win as opposed to reacting to your opponent. She plays everything on her terms. She's the most confident player in the world right now. I've never seen her lose a match. She's one of the nicest girls I've ever met. And she's extremely humble and she's extremely hungry at the same time. And I hope we get a Serena Andreescu final because I'll be watching every second of that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, for for her, you know, like you said, just having a, a spectacular year, you know, she sometimes I like to, to look at this just because I find it interesting. Her career prize money, $2.2 million. Her semifinal appearance here at the U.S. Open, $950,000. You know, just a, a really awesome opportunity for her to just fund her career for the next, you know, good while. Not that she wouldn't, not that she needs it necessarily, but... I always find that kind of interesting to see, especially for such a young I was, player. I was talking to her after her, I think, quarter, round of 16 match maybe, and and she said, I said I said something along the lines of, you know, you should go on a nice vacation with your friends after you win the tournament. And she goes, if I win the tournament, I'll be able to do whatever I want. <laughs> She's not wrong. <laughs> She's not, not wrong, wrong at all. Can you imagine? I mean, in the beginning of the year, she was playing, you know, the WTA 125K, sort of mm-hmm. like the challenger version of that circuit. She played at the Newport the Newport Beach Challenger Tournament, a tournament that she won, by the way. Beat, beat uh, She played Bouchard for the first time, beat her 0-2. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, she's the real deal. And to go from, you know, she started the year probably around 80 to 100, and she's going to finish the year top, top 10. 10 easily now that she made the semis. And this is another interesting thing. She's going to win the WTA Newcomer of the Year award. Oh, no doubt. 
But with a 43-4 and record on the season, is she going to win the WTA Player of the Year award too? Because no one's ever done both. And if she wins the U.S. Open and goes 45-4 and three, four on the year, you have to give it to her. Yeah, I think you're right. That is great. I, I didn't even think about so we're, that. So this is historic. What she's doing right now is, is, is totally historic. I mean, this run she's on is, is borderline unprecedented. Well, I, I think everyone here can tell we are uh, – well, you as the founder you see, of you the see, Andreessky you see, fan Yeah, club. you see how, why I started the Bianca. <laughs> the you've, you've got me in there. You've got Steve Nash in there now. You know, it's, it's just – it's hot. The, the Andreescu fan club is hot right now. Uh, <laughs> Westoff, I'm going there on Friday night. <laughs> Westoff needs to give us a little sizzle for the, the Andreescu fan club. My friend DJing is set at the Bianca Andreescu fan club. Well, we we will we might have to get together the the fan club, me, you, and uh, and Steve Nash to watch uh, her match. That that might need to happen. Um, but look, she's got a great opportunity against Benchich. I, I we'll, we'll get into the breakdown of, you know, what we think about that match after we, uh, cover the rest of the matches that happened today. So let's, let's talk real quick about the Benchich Vekic match. This honestly, you know, really impressive from Benchich down a break. Uh, I think at five, four fights back, uh, to, to six, five takes it to that tiebreaker uh, and just play some really clutch points in that tie break. And, and again, I think was down uh, a break in that second and just played some good tennis. The thing about Benchich, and you know, maybe I'll, I'll quickly just kind of uh, mention something I think that'll be interesting for Andre Eskew. On her inside-out forehand, she gets a little bit of side spin almost. Uh, and it really is, you know, uh, effective. And I, and I want to see how Andreescu is able to handle that on her backhand. You know, I, I truly think Andreescu's, you know, weapon is is her backhand. And uh, I'm really curious how she's going to be able to handle that. But uh, Benchich, you know, Kale, what do you, what do you think of her? And, and what do you think of this match that she's got coming up against Andreescu? In terms of natural talent and, you know, feel for the game and ball striking and everything that goes along with it, Benchich is as good as it gets. You know, you watch her play, and you just see the timing and the skill that she's able to play with. It's incredible. And you're but, right, she does get that side spin on the forehand. She's able to step up in the court and hit unique spins on the ball. She can come forward and finish points at the net. She loves pace. So Andreescu, you know, her hard, flat return, Benchich can redirect that for a winner if you're not careful. So it's so going to be really... It's That's... gonna be really interesting to see, yeah, how they how the games match up because clearly, as we've seen, no one can adjust their game plan and tactics better than Andreescu this year because she's she's thirteen and zero in her last thirteen three set matches, right. I mean, and, and that's where I think that's the most interesting part about this matchup coming coming up between these two is that. I, I mean, Andreescu clearly can outpower Bench, Benchich, and that's what she will do in this match. She will hit her off the court when she can, pull her wide with that backhand, and and you know, come in when she needs to. The question is, do you do you truly think that Benchich is going to be able to handle that and redirect the pace as you know as well as she was today against Bekic? Yeah, I mean, Benchich has eight wins over top ten players this year, so clearly the best players in the world don't really bother her. <laughs> and Andreescu is not ranked top 10 yet, 
So maybe that'll be her saving grace. But certainly game wise, she's a top ten player, and Benji yeah. brings the juice against the best players. So I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be Bianca's toughest test yet, for sure. And hopefully they play during the day so they don't suffocate, <laughs> <laughs> and we actually get a completed match. Seriously, I, I I would appreciate that. I mean, people forget Benchic. You know, born nineteen ninety seven, so she's you know twenty two years old. Uh, made the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open in 2014, you know, as a 17-year-old. So uh, this isn't the first time she's been on a stage this big, you know, at, you know, even more specifically at the U.S. Open. Uh, so while she didn't play it um, in 2017 and had an early loss last year, she's she's been here before, and, and I think that, you know, definitely has a bit of an advantage yeah, uh, going into that she, match there as well. She made quarters before. She hasn't made the semifinals before. So right, quarter, un- quarters in 2014. Yeah, it's uncharted territory for both of them. But, you know, at 22 years old, Belinda Benchit, she feels like a vet because she's been, you know, a staple for for five years now. Yeah. And and she had that slump, which is totally understandable because a player, you know, you know, catapults to success and then immediately they're playing with a target on their back, which a lot of players aren't used to playing with. But I'm sure she was, you know, she was like number top grand slam junior champion number probably number one in the world at some point in juniors so she's used to it but at the same time like it makes sense she had a slump you know she was so young and had so much success and made so much money so quickly that you know she had a couple down years she was injured too i'm forgetting that i apologize she was fought injuries during that time too but people were sort of at the point of writing her off and it you know got to the point where it's like okay benchich you know it, it's it's now or never because it's been two years since you've really done anything and she's healthy she's confident she's maturing and my goodness she can play some ball she can beat naomi osaka that's for sure yeah i mean three three and oh in her last three against osaka all when she's ranked number one in the world and talk about someone with pace exactly exactly naomi osaka steps up on the return hits it so hard but that's so I wrote I wrote an article. I said if Osaka is playing Benji, she needs to take pace off because Osaka takes that return so early, and her return is such a reason why she's number one in the world. But Benchich loves it if you're going to give her a little bit of open court with a ball coming Mach ten, because Mach 10. her hands and her ball and her timing are better than you know almost anyone. I I think you're absolutely right, and I think that's going to be. Uh, kind of the storyline for this next match between Benchich and Andreescu. You know, can can Andreescu find a way to overpower her without uh, you know Benchich you know taking those balls early, redirecting it, uh, and maybe she needs to change it up a little bit too for for Andreescu to be successful. But it's going to be an awesome match to watch. Uh, I do it, want to move. Oh, was yeah, that it's going to be a chess. It's going to be a chess match. That's all I, I think. It's going to be an interesting chess match between the two because they're both such smart players. 100%. It's going to be oh, so interesting. Uh, so make sure you're tuning into that. But I do want to move over to the men's side uh, of the matches that happened today. I, I think we should start with the Nadal and Schwartzman match because we'll, we'll have some words on the Berrettini-Monfils. And we were just talking a little bit about that Nadal match as it was happening. The humidity, obviously Nadal was, you know cramping up in his right forearm and I texted you this and I swear he was playing a couple games with no wristbands that is 
wild. I've never seen like I felt like I was looking at some random dude's body on a doll's head. Like it it was so bizarre to see that. All you saw was that beautiful uh, Richard Mie watch, which is ugh, don't don't get me started on watches. Um, the eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar watch. Yeah, it weighs or weighs less than an ounce or something like that. Uh, I, I remember he calls it like a second skin. Right. I remember when uh, I first heard about Nadal getting sponsored by by them that uh, his request was Nadal's that he... sort sort of extra, huh? With his with his with his you know however <laughs> million dollar yacht and his eight hundred fifty thousand dollar watch. Oh, give him a Have break. We... <laughs> I mean, he's. I'm just saying, he's the only one who's really flashing it like that. You know, we don't see pictures of Federer's yacht or jet or. Yeah, that's not? true. I'm he's a, saying, he, he's a net jets guy. He doesn't need to own his own. Look, this is a cracked rackets podcast. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to <laughs> spice it up. Lead, okay. Absolutely. I mean, look, Nadal dresses well too. I've seen those pictures of him out and about, and and he's got that nice designer clothing. So it it, it is a little Nadal Nadal esque to, to have a that watch. Extra. Yeah, he's, Nadal is a little extra. Um, but I remember you know, speaking of extra, his request uh, if he was to wear a watch was that he couldn't be able to feel it while he was playing. And so uh, this is about the only watch in the world that, you know, weighs light enough and is expensive enough for him to wear. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that uh, fun little tidbit about his watch. But anyways, this was a great match. You know, I don't think this score quite reflects how freaking well Diego Schwartzman was playing. I mean, the dude is an animal. Down double breaks in both sets, comes back. Totally had a chance at that second set. Um, I mean, it's unbelievable how well that dude strikes the ball for 5-7. He's Jewish. Fellow tribesmen always love that. Um, just just tell me what you saw in this match and uh, what you what you think about Nadal moving forward. Yeah, you hit on the closeness of it. I had to, when, you know, I kept you waiting to record this because I had to finish up a recap for that match. And, you know, I think in the, in the, when I tweeted it out, I said, Nadal advances in a closer than the score three set battle because he was up, you know, 4 0 in the first set. And then Diego, he played a bad game. Diego caught fire and came back. And then he was up 5 1 in the second. And again, Schwartzman zoned in and played amazing tennis and, and fought back. And, and then it's 6 2 in the third. But it's just so he's the, the guy's such a warrior. I mean, if you tennis is such a game of matchups and how well you match up with your opponent and you know your games everyone's game is is unique and individual and no two player have the exact same game. But I can't think of, you know, two top 20 guys that match up worse than Schwartzman matches up with Nadal because <laughs> he's so short. Yeah. And Nadal's ball bounces higher than anyone who's ever played the game. And so, you know, at any given point, if Diego gives a ball, gives Nadal a forehand with a lot of time, Nadal can put just tons of shape on it, and then Schwartzman's going to have to hit a ball above his head, which but he dude, did it's crazy. incredibly well. I know. That high backhand? I yes, have no idea how he that puts that for, in. Exactly. But you can't do that for five sets. It's unsustainable. It was incredible to watch and a testament to him for making this match interesting. You know, but there's a reason he got down 4-0, and there's a reason he got down 5-1. And Nadal's base rally ball is a nightmare for him. Yeah. 
It, it is. And it's and... nothing he can do. It's just the way they match up. There's a reason why Nadal never loses to Federer on clay because that back, you know, the forehand bounces way out of his strike zone and he hits a weak reply on a lot of shots. And for Diego to make it that close and fight back like that, I mean, that's a hell of an effort. Yeah, I it really was. And, and Nadal, too, just looks so solid right now. I mean, even at times when you saw him, you know, holding his wrist, uh, he, he decided to hit some serves and volleys and, and come in. And, you know, that those are the aspects of Nadal's game that have just improved so much over the years. You know, his ability to change it up and, you know, kind of mix things around when he's not feeling, uh, you know, quite 100 percent. So, uh, you know, kudos to Nadal for really figuring it out in this match. You know, a- another interesting little tidbit. Uh, this is going to be the first no, excuse me. This is be the fifth time in Nadal's career where he's in a semifinal without one of the other. Uh, I hate saying this, but Big Four. Um, it, it really is Big Three, uh, but it's the only the fifth time ever. And in the other four appearances uh, in those semifinals, he's won the Grand Slam all four times. And not only has he won the Grand Slam, but he's won twenty four of twenty five sets. Um, so, you know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I think just hearing that, uh, I don't have a whole lot of confidence, uh, that anyone's going to be able to take him down. You know, you've got a, a Medvedev matchup, uh, excuse me, with Dimitrov and, you know, who knows what's going to happen there, but I, Dimitrov might be tired and Medvedev's a little injured and we've got Berrettini who just went five sets, uh, it's looking real in favor of Nadal for this for this Grand Slam here. Yeah, Berrettini is is probably going to be a little fatigued, and you know you saw what happened when he played Federer at Wimbledon. It, you know it was it was like an hour and a half and right after the match. Berrettini said, "How much do I owe you for the lesson?" <laughs> yeah, such so a, there might such be a, a similar line. it might be a similar case in this matchup. It certainly. It appears like it's going to be that way, um, you know. It's just tough. It's just going to be tough. I mean, Nadal, you have to go through hell and back to beat him. I don't think Berrettini is going to get a set in this one, but I've been wrong all tournament except for picking Andreescu to win. It's the only <laughs> thing I've been right about. Everything else, I've just been the anti Nostradamus. So who knows? Berrettini <laughs> could play him. Could play him close, but. You know, Nadal's first match of the tournament, you saw the pace that he was putting on the ball, and you said, okay, he's he's ready to go. He's healthy. So, yeah. So it's going to be, you know, Nadal's going to win, and then whoever wins that matchup between Dimitrov and Medvedev, I think Dimitrov's got a great shot. Um, you know, Nadal, last time he played Medvedev, beat him 3-0 in, in, in Montreal. And then... I can't. I can't remember the last time he played Dimitrov, but I'm, I'm looking up their record right now. It's probably been quite some time. I can't imagine. Like, cause I mean, look, fed. I'm sure Medvedev. I'm sure will win in, one win in there. Yeah, and, and I'm sure Medvedev. Yeah, okay. Will it's not, he got. He got a win. He got a win. Dimitrov got a win. Um, in 2016, Beijing, he beat Nadal two and four. But that, other was than that, that his, the year that he won the Nadal finals, or was he? Was that 2017? 2016. No, I think that is the year. Yeah, you're right. So that's the year Dimitrov was on. So. Yep, he was on fire, and then other than that, it's 12 and one. Rafael <laughs> Nadal. 
So in the last two matches, four and one, four and one. It's just it's like it's it's a poor man's Fed, and Nadal matches up well with Fed. So it's gonna be tough for either either opponent, and it looks like Nadal's gonna get number eighteen. Nineteen. Ninth. Oh my God. I know. No, eighteen. What are you? Wait, what's going on? Does he really have eighteen? Am, am I? I'm, I'm definitely not wrong here. You're probably right. Nadal Grand wrong. Slams eighteen. Yep. Wow. It's nuts. Yep, yeah. 18. He's going to get 19. He's going to be that much closer. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Every pretty tournament crazy. these guys play, there's a, there's a you know, historic, historic storyline. So that's fun. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Definitely. Well, look, I, I do want to talk about the Berrettini-Monfils uh, match because, you know, this was potentially one of the best matches of the tournament. Um, and, and I do think, I, I want to give Berrettini a little more credit than a straight set loss to Nadal. I mean, Berrettini is just ripping the absolute shit out of the ball. I mean, he's, he's blasting serves, you know, 130 consistently. Uh, you know, he's hitting these forehand cross-court bombs that even Monfils wasn't able to get at times, and if he can't get to it, then, you know, I'm, I'm not sure Nadal is either. But, look, I I think that if if Berrettini can find a way to string together some, some good return games and just keep pounding that serve, pounding that forehand, he might be able to pull off a, you know, a set and give Nadal a little bit of a scare here. And, um, you know, I... I got to also, you know, again, go back to the whole humidity thing. Berrettini's wristbands were sliding off of his arm. How is that even possible? He was hitting. It happens. It happens. It happens. Sometimes it's so sweaty and so humid that when you serve, the centrifugal force pushes your wristband. Nice. Centrifugal force. It's happened before. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. That's only, you know, at that point you got to change your wristband. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I do think that Berrettini has a chance to do that, but Monfils really messed up this match today. I mean, first of all, score-wise, Berrettini wins 3-6-6, 3-6-2, And I was watching this match pretty intently, uh, you know, right after that second set. And, I mean, in the middle of that second set, Monfils had him he he had breakpoint opportunities Berrettini was you know pointing at his head looking at his camp getting angry missing shots all over the place I mean Monfils really just needed to you know keep a few more balls in play make Berrettini hit that extra ball and I mean he, he was getting to everything Berrettini was almost like what the hell do I do I've been hitting this guy all over the court he gets to freaking everything I have no idea what I'm going to do at this point uh and you know you watch them slowly figure it out and slowly adjust kind of reel it back in a little bit work work the backhand slice that he's got and he would which he cuts so beautifully uh and he he clearly changed it around i mean this match was incredible to watch yeah it was the match of the tournament we're just now talking about it (laughs) best Um, for last it, it was yeah exactly 
this was so funny though you know at times we were watching this at tennis channel with everyone watching and people were like god does anyone want to win this match (laughs) right (laughs) it's like you know it was such an entertaining thrilling match but at the same time the stakes were so high and it was such a competitive affair that these players were so nervous and that's fun to watch because then you get to see some fun points and that's exactly what we saw and yeah it's it's you know credit to Berrettini what a year he's having yeah I mean um, incredible for this guy at the same time it was it was it was thrilling to watch because you could tell two two players were under severe stress and that's you know it's it's like a car crash you couldn't really look away yeah, and you know you wouldn't expect that necessarily from Monfils, who's been in this position before. I mean, this isn't the first time he's been on a big stage, and you know maybe the pressure was that he was playing a young guy that you know he maybe thinks to himself that he probably should have beat. Um, so they, maybe there was a little added pressure there, but you know this I think this is a huge misopportunity for Monfils, and you know personally I would have loved to have seen a Monfils Nadal semifinal I mean talk about the grind that that match would have been yeah those those are aren't necessarily the closest affairs though so you know sometimes Nadal comes out and he, he's in the zone and Monfils is like all yeah. right well he's in the zone I've, I've <laughs> seen this I've seen this before yeah good job you win <laughs> exactly <laughs> But I, you know, either way, I I do think that Malfi Berrettini would be closer than Nadal Berrettini, just because the familiarity. I don't think Nadal and Berrettini have ever played before, and so yeah, if you're playing Nadal so. for the first time ever in your life, Ugh. you're probably gonna get roasted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, you know, unless are. And you haven't seen it until you've seen it, and until you've seen it, like there's no way to prepare for it. So, I would love to to know who has beaten Nadal. You know, like prime Nadal in their first ever meeting. That would be an interesting stat for me to find out. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's not a lot of people, especially in the later portions of Nadal's career. I can't imagine that it's happened very often. Um, but yeah, Berrettini, awesome opportunity for him to you know get to the semifinals. You well, know, who might but- have done it is Shapovalov. Oh, he did do it at 2017 Canada. Yep, was that, and he was that their first and the third. That was the first time they ever played, and you remember that match? How oh, like, that kid was that kid oh, was my God. in the zone, and and he was what at the time? Seventeen, eighteen. Yep. yep. I mean that. Yeah, uh, that's a match that he'll remember for the rest of his life. I, I saw a little uh, tidbit interview that talked about how uh, FAA was, I think, at Chapo's house uh, with family, like waiting. Uh, to, to celebrate with uh, Chapo when he got back, and um, you know, FA's mom was saying how he was trying to tell everyone to be quiet because FA was, uh, you know, asleep, getting ready to train for for the next day, and he heard Chapo come in. And he sprints downstairs and gives him a big hug. Uh, so just like so, just so cool that they have that relationship. But uh, you know, kind of a cool story from after that. Yeah, that's win. a really cool story. Um, but you know, bringing it back to Berrettini, man, uh, just another little. Considering he's you know recently had so much success, like Andreescu, career prize money, you know, basically two million dollars. You know, he he's tripling or not tripling. He's he's taking his career prize money, you know, up by one and a half percent. So just 
Uh, oh, geez, it's one and a half percent, one hundred fifty percent. Do I work? <laughs> Sounds in like finance? a bad deal to me, dude. Yeah, yeah geez, you're uh, the fun- financier. Yeah, Westoff, give me give me a little rewind here, please. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, awesome opportunity for Berrettini. Gonna be really tough for him against Nadal, but uh, let's see if he can pull off something like Chapo. Kind of, kind of give him that uh, the big serve, the big forehand. He's gonna have to be aggressive to to take Nadal down in this match, but it's gonna be really fun to watch as well. Uh, you'll get to see both the men's matches on Saturday and the women's matches tomorrow. Uh, Kill anything else on those before I kind of do our last little segment? No, no, let's wrap it up. It's getting late. Absolutely. And it's getting lengthy. Well, we do this most times anyways, but uh, I figure we make it a little more official this time. Uh, We're going to do just a a little guess that line, uh, and, and we might have to call in the 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 Hawkeye to to challenge some of your uh, your calls here depending on how how close they are so uh, we're we're gonna guess the the betting lines for the matches coming up we'll start on the women's side guess that line for Svitolina versus Serena so Serena is obviously the favorite but how by how much Svitolina has is playing really well I don't think she's lost a set this tournament. So that's got to count for something. So let's go Serena minus 240. That's close. What and, and what do we think about Svitolina on the uh, on the underdog side? On the plus side, don't make me do that. Uh, what is it? Plus 220. Nice. That 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 almost calls for a Hawkeye cuz that that's Svitolina's plus 225, a little off on Serena minus 285, but pretty close there too. Um Let's start, let's move let's move to the other the other match. Benchich Andreescu, who's the favorite? Oh, Andreescu has to be the favorite. She hasn't yep. lost a match. Andreescu's um, the favorite. So so, but she's she's got it. This is really close. Let's go Andreescu minus two ten. Minus was that two ten? Yep. A little off there. What what about Benchich on the upside? And then I'll tell you mm, what they were. Benchich on the plus side. Okay, so if I'm off, then Andreescu's probably not that big of a favorite. So maybe. Benchich plus 150. So Benchich is plus 125. Andreescu minus 150. They're, they're having this pretty Ooh, tight. Ooh, give me the money. Let's <laughs> go. Give me Lock the money. Lock it in, dude. Oh, fantastic news. Yeah, that, that is. Put my paycheck on fucking Bianca Andreescu tomorrow. <laughs> she hasn't lost a match since February. Why are you... All right, all right, all right. That's great stuff. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you there. That's <laughs> give me the that, money. <laughs> that calls for a hammer of the line. You need a hammer sound effect or something. You got a hammer. West off. Give, me, give me the hammer sound effect. Okay, well let's let's move over to the guy's side. Uh, see if you can get the. Uh, let's see if there's any hammers on this side. Um, first match. Let's uh, let's go. <laughs> Nadal Berrettini. I'm curious if you, if you can guess. Okay, this one, this one, Nadal's gotta be at least minus 600. So I'm gonna start there, and I'm not gonna get too crazy. I'm just gonna go straight up Nadal minus 700. All right, <laughs> you you shanked this one for sure. Um, give me Berrettini's. Uh, oh, plus 500. Not a shank, but you missed this one pretty wide. Nadal minus fourteen hundred. Oh God, I know. Oh fuck. 
<laughs> so, I was just trying to show a little respect. Oh, and I should have gone way higher. Plus eight hundred. Yeah, I mean those are tough when it gets into that range because you know you can go from eleven hundred to minus two thousand, and it's essentially yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so that's tough. I thought minus you know minus seven hundred was 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 well, fair you enough. Know, that was, generous. was I was just trying to be respectful, right. of Berrettini. I mean that that Berrettini, if he saw those lines, five he, to one odds on Berrettini. I mean, I guess it is Nadal, and he's in peak form. But five to one odds on Berrettini. If I were Berrettini and I saw that, I would be like, I'm gonna go ruin this fucking line. Yeah, like, and you I know what? And, you know what? And, and Berrettini's six foot five, so that yeah. he, he that ball will bounce up into his strike zone more so than others. So that's interesting. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Nadal's such a heavy favorite because if it's Nadal's a, only minus seven hundred, <laughs> you're gonna have millionaires bet millions of dollars on Nadal. So you have exactly. to you have to jack it up because he's probably gonna win. Yep. Um, well, there's that line. Last one, Medvedev, Dimitrov, who's the favorite? Somewhat obvious. Yeah, this is going to be – I think Dimitrov's a really good bet here. I don't know the odds, but let's go Medvedev minus 230. Close. Give me Dimitrov. Dimitrov plus 185. So you got Medvedev minus 190 and Dimitrov plus 150. It's a little tighter than you expected. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, dude, the guy has to break down at some point. This is absurd. What what is he made of? What is happening? Why is he such in how is he still standing? It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, Gruskin made some comment that he, you know, he was looking like the mummy with how much tape he had going on the other day and, you know, just how it's holding up his whole body. And I'm with you. I mean, the dude's won what is it now? Like 46 matches this season. Uh, yeah. And you it's, know, it's now 12 in a row. So He's played uh, max ma- maximum possible matches. Yeah, he played I mean, more matches before the U.S. Open than than Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic did combined, <laughs> which is just absurd. And you know, they can't be good for you. He's gonna break when this is all said and done. But um, yeah, it, it, interesting line for this one. Kind of tough to bet. I don't. I don't think you can. I really don't think you can bet on Dimitrov here. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, going against Medvedev, you know, if you've done that, if you did that at any point almost this season, you lost. So I understand. But, but you know, if you see the way Dimitrov was moving last night against Federer, he uh, yeah. he's, he's moving better than in, almost anyone in the tournament. That was incredible to see his athleticism. I know. So, so I think Dimitrov is the bet here. Yeah. No, I, I think you're you're absolutely right. You you, you probably have to go with Dimitrov, but uh, Kale, well done on your uh, your your first you know betting segment. Pretty pretty close on all of those, so good job there. Uh, but look, tomorrow's matches we've got Svitolina versus Serena. We've got Benchich versus Andreescu, uh, and you'll get the men's matches on Friday. So uh, definitely you know. Look forward to these matches. We've got some great tennis coming up. Kale, any last words before uh, we close this out? No, that's all I've got. I'm I'm spent. All right. Well, want to thank you for taking the time to to join me today. And of course, we always have to give a special shout out to our super producers, Daniel Westoff and Max Fleener, who, as always, have a f- editing job to do. Uh, but 
one last time for my wonderful co-host Kale Hammond, for my fantastic super producers, and for the entire team at Cracked Rackets. Kale, what do we say? That's a break, my friend. That it is, and I enjoy the next two days of semifinal U.S. Open tennis.